So first things first, how are you? We're very well. Glad, glad to be back in the Netherlands. Yeah. Well, good to see you again. Thank you. So you have a new album and where I want to start with is, uh, what I want to start with is uh, with Hallelujah. There's a line I heard it on the radio on my way home. What kind of music did you listen to kind of to feel empowered with in, in earlier years? Or well, what kind of music did give mm. you that kind of sense? We both listened to a lot of music our parents listened to, right, by uh -huh. default. And um, that was all songwriters like Cat Stevens, okay. James Taylor, Elton John. It was all our parents' favorite stuff. They weren't really into like um, things like David Bowie, nothing too like psychedelic or anything. It was okay. very straight songwriter yeah. guitar music. Carol King, yeah. Joni Mitchell. Um, yeah, and then I think for me as well, someone like Nora Jones and Vanessa Carlton were like massive influences mm. for me because okay. they were women playing the piano, writing their own songs, singing their own songs exec producing if not producing their own songs um, and they were doing everything and as a woman like there weren't really mm. many of those to, to kind of watch and be inspired by so mm. I, as soon as I saw I remember seeing I found Jamie Cullum first <laughs> and then I found Nora Jones and then Vanessa Colton and that was it then I started writing songs myself. Because then you thought okay I, that's what I want to do I want to do everything myself and, and kind of... Yeah I think so. I think um, yeah it, for someone to lead by example, it's pretty empowering, isn't it? To know that someone can do that. Yeah, so. you forget, like, as a kid, I think, well, I anyway needed to see, like, a physical representation of something to be like, oh, I can do that. Right. I feel like that's mm. how a lot of humans work. Like, they see whatever it is, they see themselves represented and they go, oh, well, I can do that then because someone else has done it before. It's difficult yeah. to be the first, isn't it? Yeah, so. which is why the people that, who are the first at what they do are so Are amazing. insane, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Because that's an interesting thought, and if you look back at when you started, and, and you've always said that this wasn't planned in a way. Mm. Um, but now you're on album three, and you're doing what you kind of set out to do. So if you go back to that initial thought, how far away from, from what you were trying to do are you now? So far. But still very, I think very close. <laughs> no, but I couldn't have imagined this. No, I could not have imagined mm. at all. I reached my goals about... <laughs> Four and a half years yeah, ago. Yeah, when you first spoke to us. <laughs> that was it. I was done. This is fine. Um, yeah. But I, th I feel like our, our goals haven't changed. We still just want to be making music. Oh, like yeah. Music for us is the most important thing. Like, mm. it's not... We have wider dreams and stuff, but I think we're still happy just making music and right. doing this. It just Everything else is just... Because we're, I think every, amazing stuff has happened because we're just happy making music. Mm. We don't really want anything else, right? Yeah, I'd say. Yeah. Same but, but I'm sure that, especially early on, there was a moment where, like you said, you need to see something happen uh, before you can kind of visual, visualize it for mm. yourself. So, uh, was there a turning point where you thought, well, we deserve to be here, we, we can actually do this? No. <laughs> No, we, I think the imposter syndrome is well and truly yeah. I don't, settled. I don't think I ever, I don't, I don't deserve any of this. I don't think, like there are plenty of people that deserve this, that work hard and are talented. But, so I think it's a, probably a combination of hard work and talent, but also like a lot of it is luck. Mm. Um, yeah, even us just meeting, because we've both been sure. separate artists for a long time. So for us to meet is luck and for our voices to work like they do. Yeah. It's, it's luck. But it's perseverance as well, I think, mm, because absolutely. we were both, well, I was anyway, like very close to, to just giving up and yeah, like very close. 
Um, Can you go back to that moment very quickly? Kind of why why was it? Why did you contemplate kind of not doing it anymore? Because, um, I guess that like okay, so the the, the odds of you being able to make money from sure. singing, especially like I'm not blessed with Whitney Houston's voice. Do you know what I mean? And I'm not as prolific as someone like Elton John or. You know, I'm 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 good, but I'm not overwhelming in any field. Mm. Um, and I guess the odds of you, yeah, making it, i.e., having a career from it, are like so small, so small that if your rational brain kicks in and you're like, okay, so the odds of this happening are probably like one in quite a few million. I'm more probably more likely to win the lottery. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, so when your rational brain kicks in, I had a, a degree from university that was really good. I was applying to be in a, you know, one of the, the top law, law firms in London who were really interested. And, you know, I had a great alternative mapped out. And that's when I think temptation sets in is when like you have a really dazzling opportunity and it's, it's risk, isn't it? It's like, do I want to throw all that in, in the mm. vain hope that in the one in 10 billion chance mm. this might work. And that's a massive decision. And I don't, I don't really know many people that would be comfortable making that. And I wasn't comfortable making it at all, but you just forced me into it. So I couldn't really think about it. But I think if I'd have been on my yeah. own, I never would have done that. But was that kind of partnership that you had then what kept it going in those difficult times? I think so. I think we kind of dreamed our way through it. We mm. kind of just picked each other up when we were struggling, right? Yeah. Um, we would empower you. Well, you empower yeah. me. We empower each other. Yeah, we kind of gave it a reason. Like we we're separate songwriters, mm. and then, which is quite hard to like when you're just writing songs and no one like no one was in sessions with us. It's just us writing our own songs, and then to combine that with someone else and then be like, oh, we have to write a song because we said we would. It's very easy on your own to not write a it's song. It's accountability. It's isn't accountability. It? So I was then accountable for you, and you're accountable for me. Yeah. Which is really cool. And I think we became quite prolific because of that. Mm. Yeah. You, didn't, right you didn't want to kind of disappoint you. Exactly. Yeah. You almost at the start, you just want to impress them. You're like, yeah. oh, I can write loads of songs. Yeah. And there still is that though. Like, you, if one of you doesn't want to do something, you, you kind of just go, well, I have to do it because you don't mm. want to let the other one down. It's right. quite clever actually being the jury because then you just, you just work all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but th that goes into the song and kind of segueing into the new album then because. Um, there's a song, uh, I can't remember which one it was now, where, where you talk about kind of the fact that you're always together in the sense that, that uh, well, you're in a band together, mm. but then when you go, go home, you're also together. So in terms of songwriting, is that a tricky thing when you maybe write about each other or that you're constantly yeah, together? Yeah, always together. I think that the song you're talking about might be Nebraska. Maybe. Could we? Was yeah. one of the last one? Yes, it's probably um, Nebraska. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, it's it's a challenge. I don't think it's it can be an amazing thing and a slightly negative thing, right? To spend all the time together. Well, it's just extreme, isn't it? So an extreme is only ever going to be brilliant or horrendous. Mm. So it's always one of the two. Um, it's probably ninety-eight percent of the time brilliant because you're doing what you love with someone you love, and you in your songwriting like it's way easier to be more vulnerable and open with somebody mm. that you implicitly trust sure. um on every level so like the actual art and the creativity is is 
unparalleled like in terms of a writing partner I couldn't imagine being that honest with someone else mm-hmm. or like and equally like honest not only in the lyrics but like if if I had an idea and you just go now it's not now we can do better I won't ever take that personally yeah because um, there's yeah. no ego I suppose and then uh, yeah and then the, the, when it's hard obviously is that you like you don't get the, the the joy of missing someone which is so joyful yeah it's true when we spend even like two hours apart I'll always get a phone call from you. Because yeah, we, we just don't spend any time apart. It's weird. Yeah. Probably spent 350 days a year together. Yeah, probably. Yeah. That's, a, that's an interesting thought because obviously, well, what I hear a lot is people who tour, they kind of miss home. And, and stuff. Mm. But then yeah. you, you have that little home with you. I think we talked about that last mm. time around as well. Yeah. Um, but what I find interesting then is when you, you you took some time off, kind of, I think it was almost a year or a year you took yeah. some time off. So, so did you kind of do things separately from each other or was yeah. it still? Yeah, we, we were definitely mindful of doing that, right? So yeah. we started going to like the gym separately because normally you're like on tour. If we go to the gym, it's always in the hotel and then we yeah, end up just together. working out together. Yeah. Um, so yeah, different like gyms different social circles a little oh, bit we, just, we have our own friendship groups oh, okay. um so we hang out which i hang important. out with the girls you hang out with the guys yeah, which is important and then but then it's it's weird because then i don't know your friends as well as some other people do you know what i mean yeah it's different if you compare a normal couple they would spend their weekends socializing together with mm. a, with a big group of friends whereas we consciously try not to do that yeah um so there's there's pros and cons, but like we took up different hobbies. You got really into making bread and <laughs> coffee, which I is so funny because we have a really nice coffee machine at home, and I purposefully don't know how to use it because I don't want to. It sounds really weird, but like I, that's your thing. <laughs> that's fair. I don't want to get like have another thing that we do together. I'm just <laughs> like you can make the coffee and the bread. Uh, I see. Yeah. Well, maybe it's because I'm really talented. Yeah, no, you're really <laughs> good at coffee. Yeah, yeah. Great bread making. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> With with uh, kind of what, what we mentioned in earlier as well, you built a home studio. So how has that affected kind of the way you work? Because now even that is in in a kind of a central place. Mm. It's cool with the studio. It's very even though is it in our garden. It's like you can when you're in our kitchen, you look out into the studio. It is very separate when you're in there. Okay. As soon as you close the door, it does feel like another totally different space, isn't yeah. it? And um, and we've made sure that anything in in the studio feels like work in a way like it's a fun really fun room to be in but it's very there's nothing personal in there right okay. yeah yeah it's just all our it's just that is where we work so I think that's made a lot easier but like I do miss like commuting to somewhere or maybe I'm just think kind that? Of, I don't think I do <laughs> yeah I would no I think um, you get we, we, we a lot more productive and efficient and actually we do like, constantly work on yeah. Thursday we had a gig in where are we? Nottingham, which is like three hours from London, on Wednesday night. And we had a gig in London on Thursday night, so we got a, a car back from Nottingham at like one in the morning. We got into our house at 3 a.m. on Wednesday night, and then we woke up at 9 a.m., and then we were able to spend like six hours in the studio finishing a song mm. before a gig. Like, that's so like amazing. Yeah, that you can just, And you can be at home to see... Yeah, it. that's the thing. When, when we're back from tour, all we want to do is be at home. Sure. So it's perfect because you studio can wake is up home. in your own bed, yeah, yeah. roll you into productive the studio. As well. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It's cool. So it's, it's if you're not being productive, something's gone wrong because it's very easy to be productive. Yeah. It's, it's one of the this is kind of devil's advocate then, but it's one of the traps then that the, that there's always more to do in a way. 
Yeah, there is always some some sound yeah. to tweak. I think because we do all the production and songwriting and everything ourselves, there's always a vocal to edit, or there's all, mm. always a a synth part in your head. And when you go in the kitchen, you're like, oh, I need to put down that part. But it's so kind it's, of always been like that where we're together. Because I imagine that if we were if we didn't live together, mm. and like you'd, you'd like be in the studio and then you'd go home to your own life, then you would completely switch off from work. Whereas, like, we'd go out for dinner. And talk about work. And we'd be like, oh, something would come up or one of us would get an email and it would suddenly... So I feel like we're just always working. Right. In a, in a mm. nice way, like, we yeah, enjoy it's, it. Uh, it's not a the life-work balance thing for us. It's like... It's just work. It's cool. It's fine. It's, no, it's, it's so enjoyable. Yeah. Or, like, if one person's really creative at home and it's, like, on a Wednesday night, like, oh, let's write a song. Then you're like, mm. oh, okay, I was watching TV, but sure, now I guess we're writing a song. Mm. It's cool. All right. Well, getting back to kind of what we started the interview with, it was kind of um, well, feeling that you belong in, in, in what you do. And then I, I suppose that's kind of the sentiment, uh, an overarching sentiment on the mm. album, kind of believing in yourself and, and uh, trusting yourself. Mm. So this thought, when, when did that bubble up? What was it in that period where you were home and kind of ha had a chance finally to reflect on, on some of what happened? Yeah. It was. Yeah, it was. We took a, a long break from touring, which we definitely needed, right? Yeah. Um, a which was a great chance to reflect on the past mm. four years before that. Yeah. Um, because when, when you're in it, when you're doing promo, you're like traveling around the world, you, it's hard to take moments to pinch yourself and be like, this is crazy. Mm. Like, or just to not even pinch yourself, just be like, I'm my own person and like my job doesn't just define me or... Mm. Yeah. Well, that's an interesting thing you just mentioned because I've heard that before, where where people who are in bands or are in musical mm. groups, where where their own identity becomes associated with yeah. that band, and they kind of feel they don't have anything left outside of yeah. it. So, so well, but you already said you try to do things outside of it. So I, I won't go into that. But that that idea of um, yeah. Having your identity, because obviously when you're a public figure, people look at you a certain way, or people will have their opinions ready, and then when you release an album, they'll, mm. they'll say what they think about it. So what is that like navigating, kind of being your own person, and then just who you are, and then having that person that everybody knows, in a way? Um, I think we're at a, a level where it's, it's okay. okay. Like, we don't get stopped in the street. Okay. Um, or if we do, it would be like once a day from someone who's really nice and is like, I love your music, but... It's not overbearing. It's okay. but, but I can understand in the very small glimmers that I've had of that, I think it would genuinely be so awful to be famous. Right. Um, we've obviously, I don't know if you, if, you, if you follow British news, but there's a, a TV presenter at home called Caroline Flack. Yes, who I heard. sadly passed yeah. away um, two days ago. And I'm devastated, but my response to it, I was kind of reflecting on like our lives. And I've seen moments of, like it's brutal when someone on the internet says something unpleasant about you, which we're very fortunate doesn't happen a lot, but like people would leave, like- well, You take in the bad stuff, you don't- Yeah, that sticks of... with you. Like, you know, you yeah. can read 50 great album reviews sure. and fan comments like, this has saved my life. And you read one review that's like, well, this is awful. Mm. And, it's, and it hurts you. And that's just a review of an album, which is <laughs> let alone an attack on my personality. So I can't imagine strangers on the internet or in public, or wherever you are, commenting yeah. on you as a human, thinking that they know you, but you don't, like, 
we need to have a, a, a cultural shift, I think, about how we view fame and people in the public eye because it's, it's really crap. Like, when there's a room of people that are like, I know you and I love you and I want a piece of and you. Then, you owe then, me something <laughs> because I've listened to music. You, you need to come and talk to me. Yeah. Why aren't you giving me more of your time? And you're like... And then they're happy to turn on you if something goes wrong. Yeah. That's the trouble. Like the minute you're just like, oh, sorry, like I'm really sick. I, I, I just need to go and sleep. Like I haven't had any sleep for three days. And I, they get really like offended. Mm. And it's, um, it's hard because you have like, I have it with famous people like, your idols, you have this vision of what it would be like to hang out with them. But, but yeah. Well, the, what I was just now thinking, and this kind of relates to another song that you, that you have on the album, but the, the way we let other people affect our, uh, our, our kind of state of being, because mm. we have a, I wish I never met you, and that's kind yeah. of people who kind of, yeah, leave you with these scars or whatever you want to call it. Mm. Um, but it's, it's funny that, that if you think about it, you shouldn't let other people kind of outside affect you in that not that at all manner. and that's that's kind of building your own like mm. temple around you you can't really that's the best the ideal situation as a human i think is being strong enough that you don't have to have anyone to make you feel better or worse right yes you, like you, you derive your own control of, in yourself and you don't rely on anyone for approval yeah and i think this album for us was a way our way of starting that journey right yeah i think so yeah it's taken a while. <laughs> <laughs> no, starting this journey, so that's a, it's an ongoing process. In the, in the yeah, I think it is for everyone. I mm. think um, I'm sure there's like when I'm 70, 80, I'll probably still be working on that. Like you will, all, as humans, you always have influence from around you in great ways, not many times. But mm. I think to be strong and kind of just self-empowered is for me a, a big goal. Mm. Yeah, you're very wise. <laughs> and well, kind of where I want to go with with uh, the themes that are that are on the record, because does it help writing songs about those things and getting those thoughts out and the, uh, kind of mm. figuring that does songwriting help in that respect, or is it is it kind of just an escape for a, for a brief moment? It's, I don't think it's conscious, or certainly not with me I think you just sit down and write a song and you don't really know what you're writing okay. like I remember writing Hallelujah and we just started writing about a crown and we were like well there's, there's a crown and you wear the crown and cool and it's not until you finish it that you look back at it and you go oh okay oh, I'm feeling that yeah and then it, then I think at that point you make sense of how you're feeling so I don't personally write to feel better okay. but it just I guess it is a release of sorts but it's not conscious yeah yeah or is, there, is the approach, especially early on, uh, more on the music side as well, and kind of the craft of making a song rather than the kind of what it means? Exactly. Yeah, and also we don't want to say too much what songs mean Fair because I think they, they mean such different things to other people. So we want someone to listen to our song and be able to apply it to any situation they're going through, or, and that's the power of music. I, don't, I have no idea what my favourite songs by my favourite bands are about. And I'd never want to know, I think. Like, I'd know loosely what they're about, but if this, the songwriter of that song was going to sit me down and explain it, I would, I would hate it. Oh, yeah? But yeah. for me, I, I don't, I have, if once I have a meaning, that's my meaning. And whatever exactly. the artist says, I don't care. Exactly. And that's the insane thing about music, is that it means thousands of millions of different right. things to different people. 
And, and so, so kind of on the Sonic side, and because you have that studio, did you have a whole kind of new playground to, to try out new things? Yeah, when we built the studio, we had, um, obviously, because we're doing it from scratch, we could just figure out exactly how we wanted to lay it out. And it's cool, we have all these keyboards and pianos and stuff, which are always on. So if you want to play an instrument, you just it's already on, okay. and you can hear it already. So it's just instant. So if you want to make something, you, you can literally just make it. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, can you give me an example of a song maybe that, that came together really quickly in that fashion, where you just have something and you have an idea that comes in and you think, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, well. How It Goes is one like that. Yeah. All, all of them really, but yeah. Okay. How It Goes, we, um, we wrote actually this song with one of our friends and we were playing this piano riff and then I started playing a beat on the computer and basically that's the song. There's not much else happens in the song really. No. Um, or like... It took maybe a half a day to... Like In and Out of Love, we wrote in the living room in five minutes and then ran into the studio and the fact that everything's mm. just set up, ready to go, we literally just recorded the piano in and then there's a, a vocal booth with a mic that's just always on and ready to go. So I literally jumped in and recorded okay. the demo and that, the demo vocal is what is on the actual okay. song. Hmm. Um, because we tried to re-record them and it never sounds there's good. A, yeah, there's a lot of demo vocals because there's something magic when you sing a song for the first time when you don't know what, what, it, it's, what it is, what it's about, how you should perform it. It's just something in your, you know, in your being that needs yeah, to say something. It's, it's, it's probably really difficult uh, to put into words, but what is that like going into the booth and you have just written a new song, you don't know what's gonna kind of be. It's actually yet. not very emotional because okay. you're not attached to the song yet. Mm. You don't know this, you have, you've only sung the song once and you're reading the lyrics, you know, you're not really, does that, do you agree? But it's weird. Uh, but but it's I think like it's something also deeper also down insanely than that. emotional. It's not a, an emotion here, it's like an emotion in your gut right. that you're not really aware of, but you've clearly just got something out. And then the fact that you want to go in the booth and sing it says it's a lot. always way better. Actually, it's, it's probably <laughs> actually no. Sorry, it is inherently way more emotional than like, re-recording. We've just re-recorded a vocal from a song we wrote last year, and we were like, okay, cool. That that verse is good. Like it was just very like fire off the vocal. Yeah, yeah. Because I can imagine, like you say, that it's more of a gut thing where you kind of. It's almost, I don't want to compare it to faith, but it's kind of a leap of faith almost when you write a song and you kind of, okay, let's, let's see that. I feel excited, let's see if we can yeah. capture that. Also, I think it's easy to overthink, very yeah. easy to overthink mm. a recording, whether it's an instrument, whether you're recording a piano or mm. naturally whatever your body or mind goes to play, vocally or whatever, mm. is, is right, generally the first time you do it, because it's what, it's your true self trying to explain what it's, you know, the song you're singing. Right. So I think to try and redo that 20 times and choose the best bits also works, but it might not be as true as the original right. vocal. And yeah. I always like to ask this because I'm not a musician, but in, when it comes to the live performance then, because I think you're going on tour in mm. April, mm. Uh, March and April? March. Yeah, March and April. Um, what is it like being on stage then? Is it, is it a cerebral thing or is it very much kind of... Uh, it yeah. depends on the show. Yeah, it does depend on the show. We had, we played some shows last week with the album, right? We did yeah. a few little shows. Some shows are like, not in a bad way, but they just become like very, like going through the motions. Okay. 
and it's all dependent on the crowd it's such mm. a two-way conversation sure like and if the crowd is not really into it and it's not that they're not into it but like there's just not an energy there or a connection then it's really difficult to because you're ba- it's basically like talking to someone that's just staring kind of vacantly at you it's really it's hard to have a really unsettling. yeah whereas then when you get a crowd that are like giving you so much back and it doesn't have to be noise or vocal but they're just attentive or they're fe- you can feel like when mm. someone is feeling something then it's like it's funny when you re- you can kind of read rooms really quickly well, within the first song you're like, this is going to be a good gig and you can just feel even though you can't like, maybe you can't hear them but you can just feel the energy it's we had that the other day yeah and it feels like um, it's like electric yeah it's like bubbling up it's really cool is there more anxiousness now that you have new music kind of to play for people or is, is it kind of the same as, as um we're excited, I think. Yeah. We're, we're taking maybe we're, we're stepping up our live show a lot more visually. Okay. Um, and what we've done, we've taken all the old songs that because we can now have three albums, so we've taken all the old so- songs and kind of reworked them and tried to reimagine them a little bit. Um, yeah, we're excited. Yeah. We're prepared this time. We are very prepared. We've had so much time to prepare. Before, it was literally like, release an album. It's like, guys, you're on a tour. And we're like, we're on a tour? What do you... And we were just in the middle of a world tour and we didn't really plan for it, so... Yeah, now we have time. We've been like a month in rehearsals already and... Yeah, it's going to be good. Well, I wish you the best of luck. Thank you. Thank, Thank you very much for your time. Thank, Thank you. you so Lovely much for the great questions. questions. Thank you. Thank you. Amazing.